In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy Father, we ask your Holy Spirit upon us. Guide us always in the graces. Help us to reflect in our lives and to embrace the joy that you've given us. And know that walking with you, being a disciple, is worth it. Amen. A while back, I was at a buddy's house. And we were there, and he very generously uh, had purchased some ribeyes. And as you guys know, I love ribeyes. It's like godliness, like the holiness of the world. There's like God, and then like ribeyes. Then like saints, you people. Clearly I'm joking. I'm not a heretic. Everyone relax. All right. But they're very delicious. But for whatever reason, he wasn't used to it. I don't know what happened. He threw them on the grill. And then we got the chatting about life and faith and the gospel. I don't know. We got you chatting. And then his very patient, very loving wife, very calmly was like, Babe, the grill's on fire. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So he like ran to the grill, and like pulled the, the steaks off of the grill. And they were, they were pretty charred. Like they were like, I'm not sure if you've ever had a ribeye before, but it was like, <laughs> crunchy. Ribeyes aren't supposed to be crunchy. But I felt bad because he was very generous in giving them. So we still ate them. How do we eat them? Covered them with salt and lots of pepper and he like, made some zip sauce. We had like a salt, pepper, zip sauce soup that we ate the, the steak out of. So it made really what was kind of unbearable and, and um, relatively unenjoyable. Made it like manageable, right? And we ate it. It was fine. It wasn't the best I've ever had, but it was there. So the gospel, when Jesus says you are the salt of the earth, like you like salt, like makes things better, right? It makes things that are sometimes unbearable, makes them like manageable. All the food in the world, it just kind of makes things uh, better. But when does he say this? He says, like, you are the salt of the earth. When? And it's all about listing of how things come in the gospel. He's saying, like, listen, you're going to make things better in the world. Now, who's our salt? Christ is our salt. But he says that after he has a whole list of well, how terrible life is going to be. He says, blessed are the poor, those who mourn, those who meek, those who hunger, those who thirst, those who are merciful, those who are persecuted, when men revile you, blessed are you, and all these terrible, all these terrible things are going to happen to you, you're going to be persecuted, all these things, and you are the salt of the earth. Meaning what? Meaning that like, in the burdens of our life, that we can still find joy because of Jesus. Because there's going to be burdens in life, and he says that, in discipleship, in existence itself, there's going to be challenges. It's going to seem unbearable. It's going to seem not worth it. It's going to seem like a burnt ribeye that you could just toss it aside. But he's saying, but saltiness can make challenging things, burdensome things, unbearable, seemingly unbearable things, manageable. For example, think of all the relationships in your lives, and especially for your vocations, those you're called to give in a vocation, whether it's marriage or priesthood or religious life. Think about relationship in general. First and foremost, think about your relationship with God. When we enter into a relationship with God, and everyone's at different places in their journey with God, and that's fine. And you enter into a relationship with God, and you recognize very quickly, that, like, I love God, I love Jesus, I want to give Him my all. And then, you continue to struggle with sin, prayer isn't as fun as it used to be, there's ups and downs, there's busyness of life. Like, it doesn't always go as planned, and it can be sometimes, like, burdensome. And we can look at it and say, this is not worth it, but because of Jesus, because of God, it is worth it. Because it can seem unbearable, but God's grace, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, helps us to persevere through it, to bear it, to manage it, and the fruitfulness of that is a relationship with God. Fulfillment of our lives, the purpose of existence, because of Jesus. 
And then, even I mean, besides relationship with God, all our relationships, especially like I think of spousal relationships, or I think of priests in a religious life, being a parent, being a child, all these things that are kind of like the base of a vocation and what it means to self-sacrifice for, for other people. Objectively, it can seem challenging. This is really burdensome. There's a lot of sacrifice. I'm exhausting. It's ex- I'm exhausted. It's really, it's much easier to hold hate in my heart. It's much easier for me to keep count against the person who has hurt me. It's much easier for me to get frustrated or to get burned out. Those are easy things. And Jesus is saying, blessed are those when you persevere, when you endure. That's the saltiness of the life. That's the deliciousness of the life. That's the bearing with it of life because instead of holding hate, you forgive. Instead of keeping count, we forget the past. Instead of getting frustrated, we persevere, we endure. Because we can look at it objectively, secularly, and say, is any of this worth it? All this life of Jesus, the marriages, all these things, and the answer 100% of the time is yes. Because when you have holy marriages and holy families, and the whole world gets holier, the church is stronger, the country is stronger, existence, humanity is stronger. So is it worth it in your marriage to persevere, to forgive, to love? 100%. In all your relationships. Because that's what gives salt to the earth. It shows the world that is burdened and overwhelmed that it is worth it and great happiness can come from it if we persevere and endure. So we're working backwards in the gospel. We have the salt of the earth and then the blessed are those who mourn and are persecuted because of the salt. But even before that, Jesus calls Peter, Andrew, James, and John to be the, essentially the first apostles to follow Jesus. And they drop their nets and their livelihoods and their existence and what they know in life, and they follow Jesus. Now think of their life's trajectory. They drop their nets because they, they find Jesus to be the Messiah. But then as they're with Jesus, he's constantly reprimanding them. He's constantly teaching them, which is uncomfortable to be formed as a person, to have to kind of grow. And then Jesus dies and resurrects, and then they go on mission. And then Peter and Andrew are crucified. They're martyred for the faith. And this week, I was was talking about the homily with some priests. And I was like, James is martyred too, right? They're like, yeah, James is martyred. So I was like, Siri, how was James martyred? They're like, James the Apostle was decapitated. And I was like, oh, goodness. All right, so James was decapitated. John didn't die. He died eventually. He wasn't martyred. It was those three. Now imagine those three at the end of their life in a secularly, worldly way. All their life, they left their father, they left the homeland, they left their family, they were preaching the gospel, and then the end result of it, the fruits of it, was death. Crucifixion, crucifixion, decapitation. Would they have done that if they knew then what they know now, would they have still done it? Because of Jesus, it's worth it. Because of the mission of Jesus, it's worth it. It can seem challenging and burdensome of life. Christ isn't saying all those are going away. Quite the contrary. He's saying embrace it. Because Jesus, as we hear in Philippians today, although he was in the form of God, God himself, the creator of the universe, became man. And it says, suffered death, comma, even death on the cross. Why would God become man and die for our salvation? Is it worth it? Yes. Because you're worth it. Because I'm worth it. Because the mission is worth it. 
Because salvation of souls are worth it. Because your relationship is worth it. Because the happiness and holiness of your family is worth it. Because my mission to serve you is worth it. It's all worth it because of Jesus. You take out Jesus, it's all garbage. It's just burnt ribeye. You add Jesus, it's all bearable. It's all worth it because of God. And then Jesus doubles down. He gives us the Eucharist. He's like, hey, listen, you're going to be on this journey, your relationship with God, your relationship with each other, and your marriages and your vocations. It's going to be challenging. Let me give you food for the journey. So as we consume the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus in the Eucharist, we become one with Christ and we can persevere and know that because of him, it's worth it. Downstairs today after church, I encourage you, go to the parking lot and park there and have yell at people and cuss them out. Or go downstairs, okay? And there's all these examples and displays of all, of, of dozens and dozens and dozens of Eucharistic miracles throughout the centuries, throughout the world. That we have seemingly bread. It looks like bread. It tastes like bread. It smells like bread. It's not. It's the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. And throughout the centuries, Christ has manifested himself. Where it's bread, and it becomes the flesh. Where it's a chalice, and it becomes blood. Where it's bread, and there becomes a stain of blood on it. That Jesus is showing you, it is truly my heart I'm giving to you. My pierced heart. My crucified heart. Crucify your self-righteousness. Crucify your ego. Crucify the burdens of your life. And persevere. And it's all worth it. Because of Jesus. And it's going to be hard. Here's food for the journey. Food for the journey. Food for the journey. As we continue to persevere, my brothers and sisters, as life's burdens continue to happen upon us, as Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, who are meek, who are righteous, who are persecuted, endure, become the salt of the earth, who is Jesus. Amen.